chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. For Inside Carolina, this is Taylor Vipolis, and today we've got a special podcast because joining me now, we've not only got a Temple grad, but also one of Mac Brown's former co-workers, ESPN's Kevin Nagandi. Kevin, I would wish you a happy holidays, but I know you're already buzzing with your Philadelphia Eagles beating the Cowboys yesterday, right? Uh, Taylor, I, first off, I'd like to uh, apologize to whoever's listening. Um, I sound terrible. My voice is shot, but uh, it was all for good reason. Being a, a passionate guy from Philadelphia who uh, – you know, bleeds green. Yesterday's game against uh, the Cowboys, uh, my voice was sacrificed, but it was well worth it. Eagles was just the start for a big week for you with Temple versus North Carolina coming up on Friday. What was your initial reaction when you heard Temple was going to the military bowl to take on Mac Brown in North Carolina? (laughs) Uh, Taylor, so there's a funny story to this. Um, obviously Mac and I go way back. I go back to his days when he was at Texas in my early years at ESPN and, um, you know, of course, working, uh, with him, um, on ABC, the last, uh, the previous two years. And I was at Carolina camp in the summer, uh, the week before the season started. So I had the chance to, you know, watch the team and, uh, you know, Mac's part of my family, um, our kids love him to death. Uh, I think anybody that that meets Mac, you just you just get a feeling that he's part of your family. He's the most personable guy. So, as the season is progressing, we text Mac all the time, and I told him, I said, just get in the bowls, uh, just get in the bowl games. That's all I want for the for you this season. That's all I care about. I said, but God help me if we play you. And, and it was jokingly, I, I, I just, I thought, I thought, you know, the Temple Owls are going to play uh, maybe um, the week before Christmas. Uh, there was, there were some slotted games where I was like, I was hoping it was either the 21st or the 23rd. And when the announcement came, I was like, but of course, of course, uh, Max <laughs> first year and uh, back in uh, Carolina and it's against my squad. And um, we've been exchanging uh, messages and, you know, he, he's he's called me out a couple times on the network. Our producers have had a lot of fun with that. And, you know, I love him to death. I love him and Sally. Uh, but I told them me and him won't be talking this whole week. Um, I'll say hi to Sally, but I won't be talking to him heading into this game. What was the moment like for you when you found out you would be working with him at ESPN? Because I have to imagine that's almost surreal when they're partnering you up with a Hall of Fame coach like Mac, who has that aura like you mentioned to him. Oh, it was great. First off, you know, um, the spot was the the late, great John Saunders was the the guy that hosted, uh, you know, college football on ABC for many, many years. So when when Mac came to ESPN, 
Uh, he was in the studio with John, and I couldn't have been happier uh, because I, I thought they were a great, a great tandem. And, you know, of course, uh, Mark May and Danny Cannell, um, through the years, they they work with uh, Mac and John. And then Stan took over after the, uh, you know, the sudden uh, passing of John. And, you know, when, when Stan Barrett, you know, when Stan Barrett didn't return after one year and I was asked to do it, I, I was uh, so happy just because, you know, Mac and I, when you're on TV with somebody, you, you have a, a relationship on the air, but you also have a relationship off the air. And chemistry plays such a, a big, big role on what you're doing and you're spending 12 to 15 hour days with somebody and uh, you got to like each other. You got to get along, got to find common things. And Mac and I go way back for over a decade. So when uh, I knew I could spend it with him and Booger McFarland in year one and last year with him and Jonathan Velma and our great producer, Rob Lemley and a great crew, um, I knew we were good. And uh, we had a blast for two years, every single Saturday. As someone who is like family to you, what has it been like for you to see Mac back on the sidelines, having fun coaching this North Carolina team to six wins this season when UNC had just five wins the past two seasons combined? Taylor, he's happy, and that's all I care about. He, he, he needed to go back, and I thought this was the perfect environment, going back to a place where he turned that program around in the past, where he knows everybody. Um, he knows the expectations. He knows um, what to do. He gets, he gets you know, I, I don't want to say second chance, but he gets the opportunity to reflect, be away from the game, and then come back and say, okay, I'm adjusting. I'm going to make some adjustments after watching the game change for the last five years. I, I, we all knew when he was going to go back that it was going to be two to three years and that program was going to be turned around. I don't think anybody expected week one beating South Carolina, but at the same time, we did expect it because that's Mac Brown. Um, he, he understands kids. He's a phenomenal recruiter. He is a people person, but he also understands that um, I know how to delegate. I know how to get the right people in the right spot. And that's my job. And and I just think that this is fantastic for him and Sally and what he's doing for the Carolina community. It, it's a match made in heaven. And I, I think um, that fan base knows that, that they're lucky that Matt came back. Seeing him happy after wins, dancing in the locker rooms has become almost like a staple for me watching those. <laughs> is that something you're texting him? Like, what, what are those moves? Where oh, are you learning yeah. them from? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. And, and he's getting crushed on our text chains in a good way because we love him so much. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, that's just part of it. And um, he's got some moves, and we love it. And, and we love that he's living in the moment. He's embracing the kids. And the kids, if you see, if you watch that video and, and your eyes can look at the room, you just, everything is genuine. You can tell when a, when a team being together will do anything for their coach. And th- that, that experience, there's nothing better in sports. And you could watch that after every celebration. And, and thankfully, Mac doesn't dance after every game, 
But when he, when he gets the chance to really dance, everybody feels it. Now, you had touched on this a little earlier, but you went to a North Carolina practice this August to visit Mac Brown. What was that experience for you like in Chapel Hill? Because there's a great picture from that day with you, Mac Brown, Roy Williams, Harris Barton. I can't imagine too many people's first visits to Chapel Hill have them hanging out with Mac Brown and Roy Williams. Yeah, it was great. And, and Taylor, I, I told Mac afterwards, I was like, we're coming here every summer. As long as you're going to host us, I'm coming. Uh, I went down with one of my buddies, but uh, I'm going to bring my family um, next summer because I, I fell in love with Chapel Hill. Uh, I, thought, I thought the environment is an, an amazing thing. And it was the first time I was there. Shame on me for not coming earlier. And, um, you know, Roy and I know each other because through the years of SportsCenter and uh, I've done a couple things with Roy uh, with ESPN. And so it was great seeing him. It was, it was just great to feel the vibe in the new practice facility and, and see the adjustments and the growth of the program. Um, the tradition, the cool thing is this. Uh, the players from, from the past come back. You know, you mentioned Harrison. You know, Harris Barton, like, if, if you were walking the hallways, you saw former players coming back, or if you went to the Instagram that Mac Brown has or North Carolina football has, you see guys come back because they want to see a guy that was there and helped shape men. And that's what Mac does. He helps shape young men into men. And to me, it, it, it's, North Carolina getting six wins is a huge story, but the stability being back at that program is the bigger story. And where this team's going to be in two years, sky's the limit, especially with that quarterback, because we were watching that quarterback, you know, the week before the season started, and, and Mac wasn't shy. He was, he was high on Sam. And you could see with your own eyes that, oh, this, this kid's going to be special. He, and I think in the next – Two years, you're going to hear a little Heisman buzz around Sam Howell because he, he is a creator. Um, I think he's going to continue to grow. He's got that that kind of Baker Mayfield, Brett Favre, uh, gunslinger mentality. Um, but I also think that he's going to grow into his own person uh, when it comes to separating him from everybody else when it comes to comparisons. Yeah, I remember going back to training camp, Baker Mayfield was always the comparison to Sam Howell. And I remember thinking, like, no way. Like, you're comparing him to, like, a Heisman Trophy winner. And then you saw Sam Howell play, and how he was playing so above his age as a true freshman that you can start to see how, how they both have that tendency to make something out of nothing. But I wanted to go back to that picture of you in Chapel Hill where you're wearing the legend blue Jordan 11s. Did you just get those for your trip to Chapel Hill, or was that no, just a no, coincidence no, no. So, you happened to be uh, wearing them that day? So I, I'm a I'm a big I'm a big Jordan guy with the Jays. Um, you know, I've got a, a select few favorites, and I don't wear uh, the 11s a lot. I, I've got three or four different versions of the 11s, the Breads, and you know the Space Jams and the original Concords. So when I brought those out. I knew I had to – it was the second time I've ever worn them, and I've had them for a couple of years. And I knew I had to bring them out for my visit to Carolina. So I, I, I love those uh, those kicks. And, you know, I, let me tell you, 
being a temple guy, yeah, I'm I'm all about the cherry and white, but man, there's there's nothing better than the combination of that that light blue scheme that that Nike has on the Jordans. Um, there's just nothing better. Uh, one of the cleanest uniforms. Uh, whenever they come out with their you know special edition uh, kicks, uh, they're they're always popping. So um, I'm a big fan of anything Carolina blue. If there's ever a time to wear Jordans, it's it's at North Carolina. And you right think there, you can, right? Yeah, exactly. Is there any chance, maybe a, a bowl game bet between you and Mac Brown, where you could get a a Jordan shoe in uh, Temple's colorways, maybe? Oh man, you know I, I I haven't. So that that's actually a good idea. I haven't I haven't gone back and forth with Mac on what's on the line. I'm sure we may have something. Um, and maybe we throw in some type of J's because listen, if there's anybody that can get me a pair of custom uh, cherry and white J's, it's it's Matt Brown placing a call to you know number twenty three and asking Mike, hey, uh, I, I lost a bet, can you help me out here? So I, I may have to do something like that. Let's take a quick break so I can remind everyone about Johnny T-shirt, the store that has been serving Carolina fans in Chapel Hill since nineteen eighty three. They've got military ball shirts now available, which is a great way to commemorate Mac Brown's first season back in Chapel Hill. They've also got your winter gear now that the weather is getting colder, and they've also got all the Carolina basketball apparel your heart could ever desire. If you're in Chapel Hill for any reason, visit them on Franklin Street or online at johnnytshirt.com. And don't forget, Inside Carolina subscribers save 10% off their orders. All right, let's get back to ESPN's Kevin Nagandi. The thing that I love about bowl games is getting the opportunity to play a team you normally wouldn't get to see. So I've been trying to get a crash course ahead of this military bowl on Temple. What should UNC fans know about this Temple team specifically? They're really tough. Um, they've got a, uh, a couple guys, Isaiah Wright's a playmaker in open space. Uh, their quarterback, Anthony Russo, when you look at him, he looks like he can play on Sundays. He's got a big arm very confident in his arm. Um, sometimes that could lead to some mistakes if he tries to, to throw a, a ball in a tight window. Uh, but you could see, I could see him, you know, um, I could see him being picked up by one of the 32 teams in the NFL and playing in the league down the road. Uh, Quincy Roche um, is fantastic on the defensive front, on the defensive line. Temple will always play you tough. Their, their linebackers are very physical. Um, their front offensive line is very physical. Uh, they've got a really talented freshman running back um, who would probably play in the All-American freshman team if there was one, if they could play a game with Sam Howell. So I think what you're going to see from this team is they're going to they're gonna take punches and they're going to punch back. And you're not you're not going to get a game that's going to be like, hey, it's over after two and a half quarters. The key will be how they handle Howell's playmaking abilities in the pocket. One thing I think UNC fans should all know about Temple is how far they've come as a program. When you went to Temple and you covered the team in the 90s, four wins would be considered, you know, a good to great season. What has it been like for you to see them develop into one of the more successful group of five programs right now in the country? That's a great question. Cause Taylor, I think when I went there in my four years, they may have won a total of seven to eight games. And I covered those teams and they, they, it was bad. And 
Um, they they looked like they were going to end the program uh, at the turn of the century. So for us to be talking about fifth straight year and and they're in a bowl conversation, it, it is wild. And much of that credit goes, uh, of course, heavily discussed through the years is Al Golden, what he did to turn the program around and handing it off to Adazio and, of course, Matt Rule, what he did. Uh, making the program relevant um, on a top 25 level when it comes to the conversation. Um, I thought uh, Jeff Collins did a great job in his two years, and now Rod Carey. It, it, it's crazy to think that I'm even on a podcast talking about Temple football in a bowl game, and that just shows you where we were 20 years ago. And um, – now it's an expectation that we're going to be playing in the bowl season. And, you know, entering this season with a new head coach, the third one in the last four years, for me to think this team was good enough to win eight to nine games, it just shows you that it's, it's, it's the DNA of the program. I, I, I've said this repeatedly. We've lost coaches, and that's a good thing. If, if we're losing coaches, that means other programs won our coach, right? The, the difference between – us being able to carry it out with different coaches is the DNA of the, the Temple kid. And that none of them are four-star guys. They're two- to three-star guys who develop over time, count it out, and then over time they work in the weight room and you see them star as juniors and seniors. And, and much of the, you know, the names, the big names in college football are freshman guys or sophomore guys because they are four- or five-star guys. Temple's not like that. Temple's got the, the two-star, the three-star. You develop, you become somebody in college. And uh, I'm pretty proud of the DNA there. Okay, let's take one last quick break for a word from our sponsors. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets. Okay, we're back. My last question for you is, are you ready to make an official prediction for this game? Keep in mind your relationship with Mac Brown and the fact <laughs> UNC is 2-0 and against Temple head coaches this season, beating both Jeff Collins and Manny Diaz, who was there for oh, well, maybe the, the five Manny minutes. Diaz. Yeah, Taylor. Well, first of all, the Manny Diaz uh, one doesn't count. Seventeen days as a head coach, and, <laughs> and, and Jeff's taking it over a program where he's completely, you know, turning over the blueprint on what they want to do. But, 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 well played by you uh, as a final stat. Um, I, I'm always going to ride with the Owls. Uh, I think the Mac factor, uh, the quarterback uh, Sam Howell plays a huge role, but. I'm going to ride with the Owls in a game like this. As as I told Mac that, um, you know, he's family. Um, 
all 364 days in a year, but uh, on the 27th, he's not. And uh, I say the cherry and white win a squeaker in a game like this, but it's going to be hard fought and something like, let's just say it's going to be something like um, 31 to 26, 31, 29 Temple. If it's anything like North Carolina's past games, it's going to be close and it's going to be exciting. But I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, Kevin. I had a great time and I really appreciate you coming on and talking football with me. Taylor, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for reaching out. And uh, once again, I appreciate your listeners hanging in. Uh, Apologies on losing my voice. Hopefully I have it uh, by the end of the week. Uh, And then I may lose it on Friday. I hope I don't because I still got TV to do over the weekend at the Fiesta Bowl. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.